Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. Are you a Survivor fan? Then you have got to check out Rob Has a Podcast, hosted by Survivor competitor Rob Sesternino. Every week, he'll be recapping the upcoming season of Survivor, so don't you miss any of the action. Plus, Rob is celebrating his 10th year of podcasting, so you know he's a total pro. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and any of your favorite podcast listening apps. It is uh, the day before Valentine's Day, Whoa. 13th of February. It's the PFF forecast. We are we got some fun stuff. So we're going to talk uh, a little bit about some news, which is interesting. It's like reclining your seat, days off on Valentine's Day, Jameis Winston getting I thought, sick. See, here's the thing. It's a solved problem. I've already solved it on Twitter, so I don't know what Oh, I'm good. Gonna, yeah. I'm really looking forward to hearing about this. Uh, in terms of the actual NFL stuff we're going to talk about, uh, we are going to do a couple of things around the draft and free agency because that's really the only thing worth talking about. And um, we're going to start with some teams that should try it. Like, should you try and win now? Should you tank? I have a thought that you can do both for some teams. So we'll talk about those. Um, taggable and tradable players. I think we have talked about trading draft picks, but there may be some opportunity to trade some players. And who, who might those be? We're going to do best and worst cap situations and then most and least uh, draft capital. And I think that should be pretty fun, nice and quick. Um, I want to start with this, though. You came in here and told me that your daughter gets Valentine's Day off from school. I don't know if it's specifically because of Valentine's Day, but they certainly don't have school tomorrow. And so this morning I spent... A decent amount of time helping Chloe write out Happy Valentine's. And the best part is my daughter, you know, she broke her two front teeth. They're coming in now. She says Valentine's Day. I think that's just everyone. Okay. But it was kind of cute. It was, it was a fun moment. But yeah. There, so did she spell it Valentine's or Valentine's? Valentine's. Oh, good. Um, but I, I did about two thirds. And once she realized that I was going to, you know, help her, she mailed it in. Yeah. Getting Valentine's Day off seems ridiculous to me. Um, yeah, I do you mean, think they do that because they want to avoid um, uh, promiscuity in schools. Jeez, no, I, I'm, I think it's, no? I think it's honestly, it's so crazy because they didn't. I don't think they got Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day off. Well, that makes a ton of sense. Which, which why would you get MLK why, Day? Why off? Do, or like you can get Valentine's President's Day? Day I think that, I don't think they got. So this is just Cupid, random. Martin Luther King. Yeah, I know. It's, One of them fought yeah. for love. The yeah. other, I really don't know. Yeah, and and it's like it's like you could have these days off for real reasons, and instead you like make Valentine's Day yeah. as a as someone that. Like, I never taught young enough kids. Uh, thankfully, Teacher America was kind. They did not put me in, like, kindergarten. <laughs> but I couldn't imagine I have to show up to school and be like, all right, we're going to make Valentine's today. That uh, that would be brutal. 
Um, this also makes me want to have kids even less than I did before. Shit. So that's an improvement. That's a win for the day. I, I'm very pro as far as your I'm very pro people making their own decision on kids. And I am a data provider in such situations for you. You provided a ton of data for me. <laughs> no, in, in many ways, you're like uh, a big brother uh, to me in that way. And I appreciate it. By the way, what is your Valentine's Day move? So mine for the past few years because Valentine's Day at restaurants is generally a total shit show mm-hmm. that I have always preferred to use Valentine's Day to like cook a meal yeah. with my girlfriend, which is what we're doing tomorrow, um, instead of going to dinner. What do you what do you do? Well, I so my parents have visited the last two years. We've lived in Ohio for two years. And they just take the kids. So it's just like, and then the funniest thing. So is, you guys stay at home or are you going? So the thing is, is like, I was like, well, do you want to go somewhere? Do you want to like, and she's like, no, I just want to like stay at home and like have the house be clean for like an hour straight, which is like never the case. Heirs never have children. Yeah, I, I, Just don't I'm just, do it, man. And, just say no. But I will say here, here's the sacrifice. So uh, we are doing like the spa thing and okay. the spa thing starts Right after the first XFL game on Saturday wow. starts. That is self-sacrifice. Wow. Yeah. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Before we get into the XFL, tell me about your your opinion on reclining. You're, what are you, 6'4"? Six, 6'3". Four? Six, Probably six, three. shrinking at the, this point. Okay. So the, if you didn't see it, someone on, on uh, Twitter posted a video of a woman in the second to last row on a plane she has reclined her seat the guy behind her who i should mention looks a bit a bit strange he's not the most genuine wholesome looking individual whatever that's fine it doesn't matter starts punching her chair back and forth because it's reclined while watching a movie it appears on his fucking iphone not like doing work on his computer he's like watching a video on his iPhone and just like hammers her chair. Yeah. So she videotapes it and people have many, many takes on this. And I want your official one here on reclining the seat and that whole situation. Well, so I used to be pretty anti reclining the seat. I've had, oh. I had a situation once where somebody reclined the seat and it closed my laptop while I was working. And I was like, is that your laptop's fault? That's what I'm saying. So like, so I come full circle, right? Cause I and I would be somebody who would literally put a knee in, into somebody's back if they, they tried to recline. Ooh, but I, I've come a little bit to the side of just a little bit or pro recline because the issue is <laughs> <laughs> to, to pro recline because that's why they have Valentine's Day. Off. The um, the the thing is, is like none of these things are the reclining person's fault. If you didn't if you didn't want to give people the option to recline their seat, then don't. Right. And. and like, I understand some people don't have means and everything, but like you're already paying, you know, hundreds of dollars to sit in a seat on a plane. Why if you don't if you don't foresee sitting in the back seat, not being like not being the most comfortable thing, pay the thirty, forty dollars to move your seat prior. Right. So yes. there are tons of reasons. So for me, I have no I have an issue with like physically harming somebody because they recline in your seat. Uh, so I don't know that you'd call this physically harming, physically annoying. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm totally with you. Here's my stance on it. If you have a problem with the person in front of you reclining their seat, don't be a fucking peasant and buy a seat where you have plenty of room. Or or simply so use use take the same motivation you have to punch the person's chair to do better at life and be able to afford a better seat. Like or, it's, not, it's not rocket science. Or or just, you know, 
honestly just like so my I said the the response is to you know be Midwest passive aggressive and take the approach where only God and the rest of Twitter know how you feel about it. But like literally just tell the person in front of you, hey, like I would really I this is yeah a, I'd appreciate pro, it if you didn't this is a pro, prohibitive thing. I'm for trying you to watch to Pokemon Go the movie on my, well, on or, my phone or I'm row. six foot seven and I can't like this isn't this, this guy was good six for me. foot seven right yeah. no I, I'm with you there. Here's the other thing about it is the way she reacted I thought was pretty good. She just like took a video of it. Here's how I would have reacted. I would have kept the seat reclined, stood up, and then watched the guy punch the seat. Because I like standing anyways. I hate sitting on planes. It's terrible. My back hurts. Like, it's stupid. So I would have just sat there, videotaped the guy from above him, watching him punch the reclined seat without anyone in it. That's what I would have done. Nice. Pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also would never sit in the second to last row. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is there are people, <laughs> you, 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 you rob Peter to pay Paul. If you want to be cheap, then you have to de- see, that's the thing. I'm pretty cheap when it comes to like my own comfort, but then I don't complain about it. You're like, smart, that's like good. It's cheap when it comes to your own quarterback though, would be a different story. We're going to yeah. talk about tagging players in a second. Let's do a little XFL though, real quick. Cause you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. I, don't I couldn't name a single matchup this week. I plan on not watching any XFL this week. There's the NBA All Star Game. There's Valentine's Day, a huge day, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> tell me, tell me about XFL. So the interesting thing about this week is that the totals, which ended last week all above fifty, have not budged as much, really, as as the AAF. Even though two of the game, well, all three of the four games went under the closing number and the the two games on Sunday went under by a mile. But there, are, you know, Houston versus St. Louis total 50 on this game, Dallas LA 48 and a half even though LA's quarterback situation is a little rough. The only total that has dove quite a bit is the Tampa Bay Vipers get bit and the Seattle Dragons it's 44 and a half. So is that because the team those two teams both were terrible on offense yeah and the other so basically they're saying look the way it's configured this week is the teams that are good on offense are playing one another we're not going to move those those totals these two shit offenses are playing yeah we'll move that total it's yeah so is it enticed you are you are you i've taken i've taken a gander on three of the four unders I, I I let go of Tampa Bay versus Seattle. I didn't want to bet. It was like 46 when I saw it, and, and apparently other people liked the under. The thing about the game is Tampa Bay actually moved the football pretty well against New York and just stalled in the red zone, right? So, like, the the interesting thing is here we have all these takes about the XFL, and we have one game's worth of data, right? So how all many of these takes? Yeah, All these takes. Depends so. what Twitter universe you live in. Right. You have blocked everybody that, ha- that has yeah. an XFL opinion. It's like, here... Watching the XFL, sitting in the last row of a plane, analogous in my opinion. Wow, not going to do it. Okay, well, anyway, so there are some. Last week there were some double. Di- there was a double digit underdog that won outright. There are no double digit underdogs here, which I think is is fair. So it should be a good week, and um, you know there. Are, uh, our colleague Ben Brown wrote an article about Houston being the, the sh- they should have been the favorite to win, and they had an impressive week, and now they're seven and a half point favorites. That's the biggest spread of the week. So nice. I'm going to bet on Team LeBron. I have no idea what the spread is on that. I just can't see LeBron. LeBron drafted so much better than uh, Giannis did, and he has the motivation of it being a big like Kobe thing. I think he'll want to show out and win uh, the All Star game. That's my wonderfully articulated betting advice. Uh, yeah. We, I, are you a bet the under in the All-Star game guy, or are you a bet the over and then be mad when it doesn't go over? Um, 
I actually never bet the total before the game. I kind of okay. like to wait and see how the first quarter goes. And sometimes, because they always come out firing. And so if they come out firing and missing, I like to then bet the over live. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my go-to. Um, and then I also like to bet on the, the like slam dunk and the skills challenge and all that stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, let's, let's do, um, we'll talk about LASIK and Jameis in a second. Let's do some teams that, um, are kind of on the, they've got a sort of decision to make. Maybe they don't know they do, but we will make it for them as to whether they should be tanking and playing for the future or trying to win now. And the team that I want to bring up first, um, is the New England Patriots. Yeah, that's a good one. I would say try to win now. Okay. I am with you. And um but but if they don't so they're trying to win now cuz they try to re-sign Tom Brady. If they can't re-sign, if they can't come to terms with Tom Brady, then is there any reason for them to try and win now? No. I because the issue was is that Brady was sort of the glue that was keeping that offense together. Like the I mean, their 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 offensive line isn't great, and we don't actually know if their offensive line would be any good if somebody like Bridgewater played and the guy that holds on to the ball a little longer. Um, so we don't even know some of the weaknesses the New England Patriots had that were being covered covered up by Brady. We know their receivers sucked, but like we don't even know that you know their offensive line could be terrible, and we don't know it. Uh, you know, Josh McDaniels, we don't know if he's a great offensive play caller. We just know that he and Brady work well together. So like. There are a ton of things that, like, if you're like, okay, well, you know, let's go sign Bridgewater and 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 try to run this thing back. Like, I don't think that that's as uh, tantalizing for a team like New England as it would be for, say, a team like the Colts or some team that we sort of know some of the more independent pieces. It'd be interesting if they, so they can't. They're kind of stuck because they can't tag Brady. If they could tag Brady, they could tag and trade. And that that might give them a little bit of draft capital to either go up and get Tua or to just wait, you know, and to mm-hmm. push things backward. But if you're Belichick and you're like, hey, I've got, say you feel like you've got five more years left. Like, okay, I'm not going to hemorrhage everything to have like a couple chances of making the playoffs and trying to beat Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to like let him go and I'm going to try and get Tua or Trevor Lawrence and like build a second legacy like i don't think that's out of the realm of possibility and that's a good question we have to get in the head of belichick and wonder if he wants to be the coach for that much longer because that's just that's a significant thing we always assumed was true but he might want the independent challenge he might not he might not want to you know, because his you know he's missed the playoffs in 83 percent of the years he didn't have brady does he want to have like does he want to have that on his legacy or does he want to retire sort of right thereafter yeah i mean he went to Gronk beach with his, with his, uh, I think girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. Anyways, the the chances that a guy who went to Gronk Beach, um, being super motivated to coach for a lot longer, yeah, doesn't seem to be too congruent to me. So I do believe that they end up trying to get Brady back. Now there's a chance Brady doesn't want to come back. In which case, I believe you've got a tank. I don't know if that jives with what Belichick wants to do, but that would be what I would do. And they do have a decent amount of draft capital this year. We'll talk about that. In a second, but I'm I'm totally with you. With Tom Brady, he was the glue that kept them together last year too, and that is the thing that 
I think gets overstated a lot because he had a poor year. That team was so awful on offense. He had the most throwaways he's ever had um, in the past like six or seven years, and he had 47. And it's that's Tom Brady's smart. He doesn't take sacks. He doesn't throw interceptions. What he does is he just punts the ball, basically, right? He like right. throws the receiver's feet, you know, all these things. And he also had by far the lowest uh, number of opportunities to throw to open receivers 10-plus yards downfield. Um, and that is indicative of how bad that offense was, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that he was bad. You no. put a bad quarterback in there, I can't even imagine, right? They're trying to force the ball into tight coverage all the time. Probably a lot more interceptions. So um, Patriots are an interesting one. Okay, uh, your turn. Team that uh, you think is on uh, deciding between the two or whatever. Yeah, I, I would say the Indianapolis Colts would be one to think about because... Yeah, go ahead. But what do you think? I was not expecting this one. Um, So I'm of the opinion that the Indianapolis Colts can do both. And you wrote a really good article about them trying to go after Teddy Bridgewater. And I think that's the perfect way to, to do it. You go get Teddy Bridgewater for cheap. It doesn't cost you a ton. You don't have to go and you don't have to bring a guy in like Teddy Bridgewater and then say, "Oh, we're going to make all these commitments to these right. other receivers or other." You have um, a GM that knows how to accumulate draft capital. You don't have to dump uh, Jacoby Brissett's salary, right? Because exactly, yeah. And so I think you can do that, but you should not be doing that and then also trying to win now. You should bring Bridgewater in to see if he is a person that then next year you try and win now right. with. And if not, then you're you're looking to maybe use the draft capital to trade up. I think I think of this similarly as when Kansas City sort of had Alex Smith. Oh, interesting. And you know because because the thing the the value of a player like Alex Smith or Teddy Bridgewater is that it, and Ryan Fitzpatrick let, let, let's is it allows you as a team to to learn things about the players that are on your team. So when your quarterback is Nathan Peterman or your quarterback is. Um, you know, Terrell Pryor, your quarterback is horrible. Like it obscures, like that's why they had to get rid of Rosen. People are like, well, why isn't, why isn't Rosen playing? Why, you know, it makes no sense to play a young guy or to play an old guy at this time. Well, it's like, no, you have to, you have to figure things out about Devontae Parker. You have to figure things out. Uh, in the case of Kansas City, they figured out that Tyreek Hill could play. They figured out Travis Kelsey was a superstar. They figured out some of the offensive linemen had, had, had some juice yep. all under Alex Smith. And then it emboldened, uh, you know, Andy Reid to go up and get Mahomes, right? Bridgewater, at worst, in my opinion, gives you that opportunity. Can Paris Campbell play? Uh, is Jack Doyle a legitimate number one tight end in the NFL? Are those offensive line players? Like, no, like, know, those are questions. Because if you, if you just, so like Brandon, no. Brandon Myers is a perfect example. Like in Oakland in like 2012, he like Jermaine Wiggins to like 70 receptions because the quarterbacks were all horrible and yep. dumped it off to him. Right when you have a real quarterback, you learn real things about your team, and on the very top end, Bridgewater could be a player who is good enough to be a starter in the league. So you give yourself a nice range of outcomes. They're not so strapped against the cap where there's like they're desperate to do anything. They're in kind of a weak division, so again, like they they could have a chance to have some success. I I think it's a it's a both situation, but I lean towards try. Interesting, uh, the. The, in, the environment for Teddy Bridgewater is perfect. They have a really solid offensive line. They have a brilliant offensive line in Frank Reich. And they have a guy in Chris Ballard who knows what he's doing. So to me, Teddy should be trying to go there. Okay, my next one. The Detroit Lions. 
I have a strong, strong take on this. Are you okay. ready? Okay. So the Detroit Lions, uh, Matt Stafford's um, wife actually tweeted or Instagram something about how if the Lions don't want them anymore, she'd love to live in Los Angeles. Now, I actually think Matt Stafford with the Chargers would be fantastic, but it doesn't seem like that contract is being moved anytime soon. So here's what the Lions should do. They should try and win now, and they should take two at three. I don't hate that. I mean, the problem, yes, okay. Okay, and here's why. Matt Stafford last year, until he got broken down into the ground and had to take the rest of the year off, was making positively graded throws and big-time throws at top three rates in the NFL. He was absolutely, that offense was perfect for him. Okay, they have two receivers that can go down the field. Danny Amendola's a free agent, you know, whatever. Maybe you, you get rid of him. But I think what you do is you say, okay, I'm in a perfect situation because I've got some teams in my division, the Bears, the Vikings. Vikings are in cap hell. And the Packers were way better than, um, or, or the record was way better than they actually were. Yep. So this is an opportunity to say, okay, we're going to keep Stafford. We're also in a position to take the quarterback of the future. So if Stafford can't get us there, then we don't we're not we're not hemorrhaging everything to win with Stafford. Yep. We're giving it a try. And oh, by the way, we also have what could have been the first pick in this draft or the first pick in next year's draft in Tua. It, maybe we play him this year, maybe we don't. Maybe we trade him for the first pick next year. Like to me, this is a no-brainer. I love Jeff Okuda. I think getting a cornerback is awesome, but the difference between a cornerback who could be good and investing in a potentially 10-year quarterback it, it's a no-brainer to me this is what the lions should do yeah and the thing about it is 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 you have assets so here's the thing how close are the detroit lions to winning the nfc north in my opinion they're a lot closer than the nine and a half win gap between them and green bay they were two zero and one we were we we were in this office sweating out the over uh, them in kansas city they had a lead late in that game the Chiefs luck boxed into a touchdown. They get their bye. They go to they go to Green Bay and basically win that game. Other than you know the the stupid you know illegal hands to the face penalty, they lose another one score game to Oakland and then Stafford gets hurt. Right? They're not that far away now. Do we trust Matt Patricia? Not a ton, right? He hasn't shown us that much yet, but. At the same, and the other thing is here, you really don't have a choice other than a trade for Stafford because his dead money is thirty-two million. There's no on his not. contract, but you do have like you're not in cap hell. You have forty-five million in cap space. You have a decent, you know, you have a decent opportunity to you know extend Darius Slay, get another corner in free agency. Justin Coleman played hot and cold last year. You have an opportunity to sort of like you could trade for a player like Chris Jones, right? Or you could, yeah, because not only do you have a high first round pick, you have a high second round pick, which you could convince Kansas City is like a low one. Mm -hmm. Like you could make plays here and have Tua there, right? Because teams, here's the thing. People are like, well, you just waste a first round pick. No, there are teams that there are teams that drafted Barcavius Mingo at four. Dude. There are teams that drafted Dante Fowler at three, and he missed his whole rookie year because of an ACL in training camp. We don't like this. Is the 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 this craziest part of draft season is that we don't fully understand the distribution. Like we we've been doing our projections here. It's like 
well, that kind of looks low. It's like, yes, you have to like fully consider that there are draft classes where there are no good starting quarterbacks. And, and just because we had one that had some success a couple years ago, now every quarterback is going to be a starter that comes out of this draft? No. No. But, there are, but players in, at other positions bust out even worse. This is, this is – it was hilarious to me that people would say that's wasting a pick. Here's why. Quarterbacks are 20 times more valuable than, than all the other positions. Not 20 times, but it's really close. I mean, they're right. so much more valuable. There is a legitimate chance – you know, say Trevor Lawrence has a not great year next year or whatever, that people are having a conversation about, would I rather have Tua or Trevor next year? Like, that's a legitimate mm-hmm. conversation. You don't, Tua is not losing value on your, on your team if Matt Stafford is lighting it up. If you bring Tua in because Matt Stafford isn't and you have a great offense around him and he lights it up, well, then you're keeping him. Yeah, yeah. It's tremendous or, value to you. Or, or you he, can trade him later. For, if, he, if he does an Alex Smith and he plays his best season, you can get a haul. For, you, know who, you know who got the last interception in the Super Bowl? Kendall Fuller. You know who the Chiefs traded to get Kendall Fuller? Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. Like, it's, <laughs> the, like the, the fact is, is you can never have options. Options are – you can never have too many options. And quarterback is a position where – if you lack options like they did this season, when you're running out Jeff Driscoll and then David Blow, and then like you you give yourself an opportunity to be like less fragile no, as no, a team. No, no. The, the, remember the statement: if you have two quarterbacks, you, you have, don't. You have none. Uh, look at the 49ers dynasty. But look at so we talked about the NFC North on Monday with in, with respect to win totals, and I, I I think this article is getting up there today on on PFF.com. Packers had basically four more wins than their fundamentals would suggest. They're basically a nine or ten win team on on paper. The Vikings are sort of similar. The Bears stink because of their quarterback. There is a significant opportunity for the Detroit Lions to to learn some things about their team this year and still get a franchise quarterback as a result. So, like, you're in a pretty good spot if you're Matt Patricia and and, and company there. Like, you got a shot. And this is, to me, this is the way to, like, sort of, this is a franchise-altering move. A defensive end at three or a corner at three is not. Denzel Ward has had two pretty good years for the Browns. Miles Garrett has been awesome, reinstated here, number one overall pick for the Browns. They have had minimal impacts on the Browns franchise. For better or worse, Baker Mayfield is what's going to happen to the Browns, right? So, Detroit, take take heed from that, right? Joey Bosa is the same thing. If Jimmy Garoppolo sucks, or Nick Bosa, sorry. If Jimmy Garoppolo sucks, there there is no 49ers over the next few years, right? Nick Bosa is a nice compliment to that. If you're Detroit, none of the, Akuda, Chase Young, should he fall, none of those guys are going to have a significant impact on the Detroit Lions franchise. Uh, if... If I'm in the, if I know the Lions are going to do this, there's not, there might not be a franchise that I'm more bullish on uh, in the NFC. Just because I, that's well, a, they, they have that's an a, easy road. The not the, the Packers are done pretty soon. The Vikings quarterback situation after ooh, next year. Clip that. All right, we've talked about that. Was great. That was some great Lions content. Um, I'm glad I brought them up. <laughs> What's the? Let's do. Uh, let's do a couple more teams. Okay. Um, I've got one if you want. Well, let me let's lo- let's go with the Las Vegas Raiders. That was the one I was going to bring <laughs> okay. up. Um, I will go. Uh, so it's interesting. I really believe that the move matters, but nothing is worse than trying to win now and failing. That is what kills your franchise. Yep. 
if you take a we're going to tank and try and be a great franchise at some point, you can sustain because you have this new stadium. You have the excitement of Las Vegas that can carry you through a year where you're maybe not great. So I would go tank. I don't think bringing Tom Brady into the Raiders is making them a title contender. And the and the, the great thing about Derek Carr, you know, as the starter there in a tank singular in a thing. tank yeah. in a tank tank situation, you found out you had an all star tight end in Darren Waller. You found out none of those receivers can really play other than maybe Tyrell Williams. Um, the offensive line's fun. like he's there to sort of like tell you, okay, once the once you hit the go button on getting a quarterback and getting this thing off the ground. You don't have a good enough defense to compete week for week. You don't have, you know, the. I, I agree with you. I, I think I think they're very much in tank mode. The other thing is, you're not winning the AFC West. It, no. it, it's the AFC West is the AFC East until the Chargers figure the thing out or or Drew Locke becomes a good quarterback, right? Like, yep. and, and so why not? You know, the the worst thing that happened to them this year is they went what they won seven games by one score or less, like, and, and they don't even have a high draft pick. Um. Okay, I have one. The Chicago Bears. Uh, well, um, I, I, the only reason I say try is what is their alternative. That's why I brought them up. <laughs> they, have no shot, they have no chance to do any rebuilding. They have to try and win now because what are they going to rebuild with? But Yeah, I mean, well, and, and again, we, we were ragging on. This is going to be another, like, you know, cheesehead dynasty podcast network uh, clip, but like the, I mean, the the Packers, the Packers are like, is that on ESPN plus Disney plus the Packers are far closer to the, to like the six, nine and one team they were in 2018 as they are the 13 and three team they were in 2019. So did you hear my, I don't, I think you'd left yesterday, but we were talking about a logo for our draft show. And I thought if we just took the Pornhub logo and put, PFF draft show. <laughs> uh, here's the, so the Bears. I think we're in agreement. Have to win now. If you were the Bears and you know you have to win now, and you're like, okay, well, Trubisky ain't the answer. Who's the Who's the quarterback that you're trying to get right now? That's a good question. Um, yeah, you said Newton a while back. I like that. I I even think. I, obviously, Teddy would be a good option. You think so? I, see, I don't think Teddy would be a good option, just because they're a more down the field team, or mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, the, and that's the hard part. Like the the tricky part about Newton, for example, is what if he gets hurt in week two? Then right. you're like a lost season again. Can I give you one? Okay. What about Ryan Tannehill? Yeah the the hard part is is that Tannehill is going to be tagged by the yeah, Titans. Yeah. So sure. and and. The, we're back to the point where like the Bears literally can't trade anything to Tennessee that they would want for Tannehill. To me, it's it's honestly like it's Tom Brady or Cam Newton or bust just because of the fact that it's Chicago and you can't have you know sausage heads rioting at Soldier yeah. Field. Um, do you have any more that you thought were really interesting to talk about, or should we move on? Uh, well, here's. No, I, I, those are, those are, I think are good. The, the only one that I'm thinking that, that are, that's the closest out is the dolphins. I had them on my list too. <laughs> so if let's say that they get jumped for Tua. Okay. I'm going full tank. Again. This, this actually leads us into our next, um, our next topic here, which is 
players that you think are taggable slash tradable. So here's the Dolphins, in my opinion. They get Tua, and then that's great, right? And they, I think they keep everything status quo. They keep accumulating draft capital, but it's not like fire sale season. Um, they don't get Tua. They should trade Demonte Parker. <laughs> okay. And just go and bring in, like, me to play quarterback. Okay. Because they can't afford to miss out on a quarterback next year. So I, what I would not do if I were them is take Justin Herbert at five is kind of what I'm getting at. I would not take Jalen Hurts at five is what I'm getting at. I would, I would trade everything. I would maybe consider trading back. Um, I, well, I would definitely try to trade back and maybe take a quarterback way, you know, later to take a flyer. But I'm, I am going full sale tank for Trevor should I not get to a Here's a question then. I don't disagree with that, although I think as a Dolphins – we saw this with the Browns. People get impatient. Fans get impatient. Even front offices mm-hmm. get impatient. With the amount of draft capital you have, and how silly there are, how silly some teams in the NFL are, is there a complete opposite um, approach, which is to say, "Hey, Seattle, here's four first round picks for Russell Wilson." I, <laughs> like, so, hey, hey, hey uh, so I'm trying to think of the other. Uh, I have one for you. Okay, I have one for you because I put this in the tradable players one. So I have Devontae Parker. I also have Dak Prescott. Would two ones work for Prescott? I feel like two ones should get the deal done for Prescott. Right. Especially if you're like the the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, McCarthy is not linked to Dak. Although I feel like, do you think that that job is more attractive because of the quarterback? I think so. Right? I have to think so. But that, that that's a good question. So like. So, but the problem is, is we've seen exactly one team go out there and get a franchise quarterback on the market in the last few years, mm-hmm. and it was the Minnesota Vikings, and it's really <laughs> hurt them. And like franchise quarterback, well, that's what I'm saying. But but you, we weren't saying this. No, in, no, no one except for us was saying this in 2017, though. True. So here's the problem for, with the Dolphins winning now thing is that they're not a good enough team. Yes. Once they get that quarterback to win now the so, only quarterback who could overcome the crap that they have on their roster is Russell Wilson I think well Patrick Mahomes and Mahomes but Mahomes isn't available right. He's well, not uh, neither there. is Russell Wilson okay there as much as there's the you know this talk of oh they 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 believe that it's just the running game and all this stuff they love Russell Wilson Russell Wilson is that franchise okay really disagree with me there? No, I don't disagree, but I, I would say, you know, we've seen this with Carroll before. If Carroll, they, they trade Wilson, Carroll, like coaches make, make three games and then pieces out, Man. just like he did for USC. I, oh. would you do that? If I was Seattle, no. But yeah. the, but okay. like, but the sports is littered so. with, with teams, uh, teams that do that kind of stuff. Hey, I like your shirt. Thank you. Is it a proper cloth shirt? It is. Okay. Well, Friends it fits at, well. That's why, I, pop, that's why I figured. Friends at proper cloth. I talk about this all the time. I actually just got a gift. Uh, it was a shirt. It was not a proper cloth shirt. And I tried it on. And shockingly, this shirt was not made to fit me. It was made for someone that uh, like had never worked out a chest muscle in their life. Mm. So it was the perfect size in terms of the length of the arm sleeve, the the where the the shoulder was the the length of the shirt overall and then i tried to button 
the middle button or not the middle button, but like the one right down uh, across the chest plate, just like it's just pulling apart. It's awful. So unbelievable. The only thing I can do is go to proper cloth because proper cloth, they custom fit the shirt size for me. It's my own shirt size, and the shirts are just as good as any other shirt you can find on the market. They use the best material. Uh, they, you can customize it every single which way that you want, from collar to cuff, just every option possible. You can make the left uh, arm cuff bigger if you wear your watch there. Literally everything. And all you have to do is answer 10 easy questions. They use a machine learning algorithm to custom fit your size, and I can attest it works, and no other shirt size out there works for me. Um, so you should go to propercloth.com. They've been featured in Wall Street Journal, Esquire, GQ, Fast Company. GQ said they're their new favorite online custom shirt maker. Let's and go. I personally agree. So go to propercloth.com slash PFF. Use gift code PFF20 to save $20 on your first shirt. It's really simple. Propercloth.com slash PFF. All right. So we talked about this a little bit. Taggable slash tradable players. I, I brought up a couple. I think that Devontae Parker and Dak Prescott are both taggable and tradable players. Well, Parker uh, has a I mean tradable, right, yeah. Right. But like um I think there are a lot of players out there that are weirdly tradable that we might not be considering. We've talked about trading draft picks, but trading players I think is out there. And I want to bring up one uh for you to start off with, and that is Stefan Diggs. Is he tradable right now? Well, in my opinion, the Vikings would be crazy to trade him. I agree, but I but but they also signed Kurt Cousins to a and they have and as our hero. as our colleague and friend Ben Lindsay wrote, they have the worst salary cap situation in the NFL. It's not pretty. The problem is is a couple reasons why I think it doesn't make sense for the Vikings. Their biggest problem offensively last season was that they didn't have three good wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And when, when Thielen got hurt, they had didn't have two good wide receivers. The other thing that I think is is also important is that Stephon Diggs' contract is pretty team friendly. Um, you know, he makes less than Den- or he makes the same amount as Danelle Hunter, and Danelle Hunter has one of the more team friendly deals uh in the NFL for, for how good he is. Um so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to get rid of him when the contract is that good. He's certainly somebody who's not he's attention, right? He he he's allowed he's he's outspoken, speaks his mind, uh tells the quarterback when he's not happy with him, but he's also one of the best wide receivers in the entire NFL. Now, if they are going to lean into this this thing with Kubiak of run the football, play defense, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and they do trade him, whomever gets him in that contract is going to get it. that is a that is a come up that is a very good haul. So here's the team that I think makes a play. Sam and Monson and I had this conversation. New England Patriots. I mean, it, may, it would make a lot of because here's the thing with with him. You know, New England receiver historically the Ocho Cinco's, the Reggie Wayne's, the Joey Galloway's. Moss is really the exception. Have struggled going to New England. Moss is one of the smartest players in NFL history. Diggs is similarly intelligent. You could just, you know, talk about how he runs his routes, um, you know, just like little things like that. He would be somebody for for whom I would, you know, if I'm the Patriots, I would I would give up a decent amount for him because I think he would Do you change. Twenty three would get it done. Yes, because really? here's the thing. Here's the thing with the Minnesota Vikings. If you look at their roster and you're Mike Zimmer and and Rick Spielman or whatever, but you're looking you're looking at it, Mike Zimmer. Xavier Rhodes is done. 
right? There's a really good chance Trey Waynes is going to leave via free agency. Mackenzie Alexander's a free agent as well. Mike Hughes has not been as good as the draft capital they used to select him. True. Their interior offensive line stinks. Um, and they're going to need a quarterback at some point in time because Kirk Cousins is one year left on his deal. The 23rd overall pick and then the pick that they have is their own natural pick gives them a lot of freedom to start rebuilding their defense and and fix the holes that they have. Now, it's not worth trading Diggs to get, I, I don't think. No, I'd agree. But if you are soured on Diggs, if you don't like Diggs and you want him off the team, that sort of like setup would be enticing for you. I, I like I said, I don't agree with it, but but I do think that there's a non non zero chance that they do it. I could see it happening, and that's why I brought it up. Okay, who are some uh, players on your list? Well, the one that's I think natural, and I think I'm going to write about this this week is Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs, um, because what Chris Jones does, in my opinion, is it highlights when it highlights what happens when. You make what it, what I would consider a bad decision, but you get good results. You know, good results on the field. Mm-hmm. So last season we were a little bit down on the fact that they traded a one, a two, and one hundred and five million dollars to get Frank Clark. Um, <laughs> and and now people are like, well, the Frank Clark thing worked because he got a sack at the end of the Houston game. He got a sack at the end of the, the that's that's how it works. The right? Tennessee game. He got sacked. You don't the, know what he was like in the locker room, buddy. He got he got a sack at the end of the at the end of the Super Bowl. I mean, all you see are his post game interviews. You don't know that he's a wholesome, wonderful human being. You know, look, yeah. history doesn't matter. Yeah. What he's done off the field doesn't matter. In the locker room, he's great. Yeah, and. Whereas Jones, and granted, Jones plays a less valuable position in the interior, but I you know, brought up an article this week about essentially if you regress by circumstance, Chris Jones gets a pressure at a rate that's 6% higher than you would expect. So he's terrific. But you can't, and right now the Chiefs with a you know, 20-ish million in salary cap space could get it up a little bit with some cuts. You can't have a roster that ha- pays $100 million to Frank Clark probably something similar to Chris Jones and then is throwing the bag at Patrick Mahomes. You just can't do it. So to me, you mean, do you mean to tell me that the 75, the 75th ranked edge defender and Frank Clark was not worth all of that? Stop. He, he was get out of here. He was. Yeah. And, and, and again, they win the Super Bowl, so we're all like, who are we to judge the decisions? But to me, this is the judgment of the decisions. You have to let go of what is one of the best interior players in the NFL. Um, and, and to me, they, you know, the, the process is going to have to be tag him for about $16 million, right? Trade him to a team probably for a low one or a high two. And then sign Mahomes, right? Because like you can't sign Mahomes first and then tag Jones at the current cap situation, is it? But you can, uh, I think, you know, do what they did with D Ford, which is tag him and trade what him. What could you get for him. Frank Clark? Well, that's what, so. Uh, here's the uh, thing: thirty-two I was, Crayola set. I was going to ask uh, one of our friends at Over the Cap, like, what were the trade implications? Because I'm not sure about the dead money and stuff with the trade. Um, but to me, that's the Probably only way. That's the only way you can keep Chris Jones. Would Chiefs fans be that upset if that happened, though? Here's the interesting thing about the Chiefs. They have made so many smart decisions that that are... Well, sorry, I phrased that wrong. They've made one really smart yeah, decision. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And because of that, people think they have made so many smart decisions. And the problem with that is that you can make one really smart decision that wins you a Super Bowl, but you don't win multiple Super Bowls unless you make many smart decisions. And so that's where they're at right now. They have, they legitimately have a chance to be 
a, a kind of a dynasty because of how good Patrick Mahomes is. But they will not be that way if they can't make smart enough decisions to support Mahomes with solid players around him. Which they largely have in some ways, right? They, they don't spend money on interior offensive linemen. Uh, you know, Mitch Morse, Rodney Hudson are both guys they drafted, developed, and let go uh, at center. They're, you know, they, Tyreek Hill has a pretty team-friendly deal. Again, that's in many reasons because it was off-the-field problems. But they, signed, they drafted Nicole Hardman. And the Sammy Watkins thing was, again, probably insurance for Tyreek Hill. They'll yep. ultimately have to let him go. But having that deal be three years and not five is actually a pretty good uh, get for them. Um, all, all those things, I think, like, they do make some smart decisions, but it, the, the Frank Clark thing was really interesting in that, like, they saw this guy, and all the reasons they gave for dra- you know signing that deal is that he loves football. He's just a guy that loves football, right? Mm-hmm. And he's, like, sort of con- trying to contrast him with D Ford. A- and, like, I'm pretty sure Chris Jones loves football just as much, and he's way better at it. So it's like... You know, you, you sort of, and I don't know what the impact, if they don't get Frank Clark, do they still win the Super Bowl? In all likelihood, probably, right? But, um, but you know, they're probably going to be anchored to the fact that they took a real gamble on Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark, and it paid off with the Super Bowl. I, I agree. It, who is a team that you think would would offer, you know, so say they do the tag and trade with yeah. Jones, who's making a play? I would I would say that you know Detroit in that early second round would be a team they don't have they they have a decent amount of cap space maybe they mm-hmm. let some players go um, Mike over here Renner said Indianapolis which I just don't think is like their thing plus they're not they're in that middle of the first middle of second mm-hmm. issue so I don't see that that being that being the case it could even be somebody like I mean, if you really if you really wanted to go Galaxy on it and think about New England trying to build a defense, like they're late enough in the draft and they've done this sort of thing before with interior players like Albert Hain, Hainsworth mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but it, it it's it's interesting because interior players are sort of a dime a dozen until you get to that, you know, Donald Cox and now Jones. You wonder how much teams actually do value this type of player. I like the I like the Lions one. Um, here's another one: AJ Green. So this would have to be a franchise tag and trade thing. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because the over the cap projects um, his his deal to be less than what the franchise tag would be like for, you know, for one year. Mm-hmm. But. But if you franchised A.J. Green and then traded him, I, I still think there's value there because I think a team that has. You know, a team like the Patriots would say, okay, maybe we could have gotten him for a little bit less on the open market, but we still need him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be a need-based thing. And so I I think you could still get some value. The problem is it's not going to be a lot, right? Like, what are you trading for for A.J. Green if he's franchised at like 18.5? Yeah, well, you'd almost have to re-sign him to a team-friendly deal. But I so take a team like take a team like Philadelphia, right? Who like, I mean, Alshon Jeffries, you know, kind of a hamburger away from being a tight end at this point. He's always hurt. Nelson Aguilar is a free agent. JJ Arthega Whiteside didn't work out all that well this year. They need kind of a field stretcher, right? Deshaun Jackson wasn't the guy. Like, he'd be somebody who, like, in the Eagles do a really good job of structuring contracts. They're very smart in that way. They could probably make a play, like, trade a three, mm-hmm. 
get you know get him under contract you know in a pretty solid way and try to enhance Wentz. Like that's a good. I think that's a good one. Um, even a team like Dallas, if Dallas were to lose Cooper, you know, yeah. then then I think uh, you know AJ Green would fit in well there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say a three, and then like a three-year, like forty-five million dollar deal probably sounds like right around that ballpark. Yeah, I. The Eagles make a ton of sense there. I mean, the the thing, like, what is what has, and the the issue with them was injuries and ineffective play wide receiver. There's a chance they could get both with Green, right? But he's also like really an awesome player, right? And then we forget how great AJ Green is because he spent a decent amount of time, uh, you know, in the on the trainer's table over the last two three years. But, but at, when healthy, he is top five, no doubt about he's it. He's in the same equivalence class as guys like Hopkins and and Julio and and you know Michael Thomas and stuff. You're getting a huge value if you can get him to play, you know, 12, 14 games. Uh, all right. Um, any others that you want to talk about? Uh, no, that the, the Tanny Dak thing, like we've beaten that into the ground. Yeah, I, I mean, the the thing is, I'm if I'm Dallas, I'm vehemently against tagging Dak. I am pro it for Tennessee because I think the two things are different. You as Tennessee Titans team have 12, 13 starts. You don't have a ton of information on Tannehill. You have a, enough information to make a decision long term about Dak, good or bad. If you you're sign, Dallas, you sign Dak, and then you have Amari and Byron Jones. Which one of those two guys say, you know, you can only afford one, let's say. Which one are you signing? Uh, offense matters more than defense, so I take Mari Cooper. But but Byron jo- losing Byron Jones is bad. It's not good. The interesting thing about it is that you could, and I've said this before, if you do tag Dak, you're only, in my opinion, tagging him if you have no intent of signing Amari and you want to see if he's good enough to carry the team but it's a weird like you'd have this transitional year which makes very little sense to me um i'm with you i would sign amari cooper and then like you know go sign some some cornerbacks because offense matters more Uh, i think ultimately that may be what they do all right uh let's do do you want to do best and worst cap situations quickly Let's let's talk let's talk cap more around free agency because right now the draft is kind of hot. Let's talk about draft okay. capital. Uh, let's just say this: the worst cap situation is the Minnesota Vikings. It's the Minnesota Vikings, and, and they're going to have to make a ton of plays. You should go check out Ben Lindsay's article on it. The number of players that they like have to cut. You know, I, you are a former-ish Minnesota Vikings, still kind of Minnesota Vikings fan. I mean, how many of those players are you cutting? I mean, I'd like to I'd like to see the Vikings be successful. You know, it'd be it'd be nice for once. But the 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 issue among the Vikings fan base, and then there are people that cover them at times. There's always is like, Rob Brzezinski will figure it out. But no, like the the Cousins contract really hamstrings them because they can't like they're in a they're in no man's land right now. They can't tank. They can't really win. So like, and they have horrible cap situations. So. It, it's going to be tough for them. This is this is the season I think where like it all like the bill is due for them, and I don't I don't know what they do. I honestly don't know. Xavier Rhodes seems like a guy that you just have to you're cutting the cord on, what? and then Linval Joseph I think too is one who you're like okay, well what really matters in in winning football games? Yeah. Like well we can't win football games if we have one receiver that has ever caught a pass before on the field. 
So I I really love Linval Joseph on the interior, but he's declining. They should have they should have they if they they had a cho- if they had a choice between Linval and Sheldon. I forgot about the dead money at the time. Sheldon Richardson was was more valuable to the team than Linval Joseph in 2018, and they let him go, and then they went with old you know Linval's older. Yep. It just a lot of decisions they've made. The bill is coming due this year, and to to the point about Detroit, like there's an opportunity in the NFC North. True. We do, do you have any stories from the the Cincy Y this week? No, because I all I did was swim for a couple of days. Do you have any? I mean, update for everybody who cares. My leg still hurts. <laughs> yeah, your uh, your limp is getting is getting progressively worse. Limpier. I I want to say so. Our, I was walking to the Y, and our colleague Shannon Ford like like literally caught me from like two blocks from behind, and I I don't think. The look that I got from her, I don't think I've ever been more embarrassed for myself. Just like you are. You need you, a cane. I do need a cane. I need a, yeah, I need a cane or something like that. Someone get you a cane. I, I don't, um, I don't have any stories this week, actually. So I was just going to ask you what you were giving up for Lent because that, okay, Lent is apparently coming up. It's like in a week or so. Yeah. See, the, the problem with Easter being on a different day every year is you, like, Lent is like, yeah, and your favorite holiday, Fat Tuesday. Mm. You know, uh, go we don't know. What, we don't know when that is. I go all out. Um, I would. <sighs> you want to make a here? Here was the way I was going to phrase it. Okay. What is one thing that you can do, like better or worse, during the football season? So if your if your Lenten thing was like football related, what would it be? Well, so like the last two years, it was I didn't tweet during the, that Lenten time, uh, and you I do that again. I didn't tweet for the first week after the Super Bowl. Like literally, just you know. And now, juice cleanse. Yeah, it's like a juice cleanse. Um, I I gave up coffee for three weeks at the beginning of this of the of this. That's why your calves hurt. That's why my calves hurt. Um, God, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I hmm, I can't give up betting on sports because the XFL is too soft. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe I'll give up. Maybe I'll try like to give up, give up tweeting. But I don't know. I I don't know. Like I, I feel like what what would you suggest for me to give up for Lent? That's a good. You're one of my best friends. You know my faults. Football related. Uh, I don't really know. I was going to suggest like indulging in non NFL football, but you just said you didn't want to do that. Um, I have one for you. Are you ready? Okay. I think that for Lent you should. You should give up using multiple coffee mugs. So just one mug. You have one mug that you like write your name on in Sharpie and you have to use that mug all the time. Is this, are you trying to, is this I'm trying like to improve your lifestyle? How I met your mother with the, the intervention at the, kind of when I walk into the door, I mean, you, you just, you, it's not something you worry about, but I think it's something that if you started to make a routine of, you wouldn't have to worry about it and it would improve your, okay. Your countenance. Okay. That's my. Okay, what are what are you thinking of? I am thinking of giving up eating popcorn. Wow, I know. See here, so 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 no no on the ice cream. You still are going to go ice cream. Yeah, but that's popcorn. not a problem. Here's the problem with popcorn: is I view it as like a nothing snack, so I end up eating it, you know, at nine at at night, which is not good. So really, what I'm trying to do is limit myself to not eating after eight. It'd be a real big step for me. I love popcorn. Not eating after eight is a solid thing to give up in general. It's just hard. I'm always hungry. I'm literally, I'm starving right now. That was our podcast. Thanks, guys.